Well, I want to start this morning with what I'm going to call a discipleship refresher. Chris, if you want to put that up. How are we doing? When I say a discipleship refresher, what I'm talking about is uh, the fact that we want to, to talk about our discipleship just a little bit. We've done this uh, for a little while now, uh, talking about discipleship and what that means and uh, talking about the elements that go into uh, discipleship. The reason for that, oh, did I hit the wrong button? There we go. Our vision for everyone is that they are to be like Jesus. We, therefore, want with intentionality to help each other and those newly joined to us to be more like Christ, to become more mature disciples. Our goal for each disciple is Jesus-like servanthood. And we've been talking for a while in our church family about discipleship and what it means for all of us to grow in him. It means hearing and believing, which is really, in a sense, what Rynell and Terry have done this morning in, in fulfilling that, the hearing and believing. They have heard and they have believed. And then ultimately they've been baptized for what they've, because of what they've heard and what they've believed in Jesus. And then, as things have it this morning, not only have they been baptized and uh, because they've heard the gospel, but they have a chance of relating and being part of our family with us. And so they are part of this church family and have become members. What we want for Terry and Rynell and for everybody now is that they would continue to grow and to be what Christ wants them to be and eventually be the servants in Jesus that Christ wants them to be. One of the ways that you can look at this is by looking at this little diagram that we've got here, this chart that talks about our discipleship process. And you can just see how the plant begins as a seed planted in the heart of the individual when they hear the good news of Jesus, how they a person becomes a Christian, they believe and are baptized, and the plant begins to grow. It becomes the, the beginning shrub or whatever one wants to say as a person starts out as a new baby in Jesus. Then they become firmly rooted within the Christian community and are relating to each other with love and affection and service and fellowship. All those things continue to grow, and that's what we want to have happen with them. We want to give people opportunity to move through this clearly understood and user-friendly discipleship process so that people recognize that they're going around that circle and being from the, this little sapling to the growing shrub to the growing tree and eventually to the flowering tree that produces fruit in Jesus. So there's a chance for everyone to grow in the discipleship process. We also want to be able to help people in different places to grow. And when I say different places, I mean different stations in life. Giving opportunities to everyone as they go from infancy to maturity in Christ. Because one size of discipleship doesn't fit all. There will be some flexibility in the process because our meeting of different people will include different circumstances. And so discipleship and growth for you may not look exactly the way it looks for the person sitting next to you. Because we are in all fact different people. And as different people, it will take, it'll just mean different things for us to grow in Jesus. For example, how discipleship applies to our current members and children is different from how it applies to non-Christian adults new to us. And so, uh, whatever pick, kid you want to pick, we could pick uh, Willow Pollock, is not going to grow in exactly the same way that Rynell and Terry are going to grow because she's at a different place in life with Christian parents and she's only... However old she is. How old is Willow? Seven. Thank you very much. So she's seven. But she's growing in Jesus. 
And she's going to become what Jesus wants her to be as she moves through the discipleship process. It will just look different for her. And we want to take this into account, these differences between people, and help everyone to grow. However, and this is kind of the point for this morning, however, there is one common discipleship factor that basically needs to be there in some sense for all of us. And when I say for some sense, I mean, or in some sense, it it takes different forms. This one kind of key discipleship factor takes different forms. And you'll see exactly what I mean, and you'll know exactly what I mean when I put up the next couple of screens and move into this, because you'll realize that it happens to you in a certain way. If you're a growing Christian in Jesus, there's some way in which this one common discipleship factor is going to be a part of who you are as you grow in this church. And here it is. For almost everyone, discipleship and growth happen best when some kind of small group experience is part of his or her discipleship. This is one of the givens of understanding things about church. In order for discipleship to happen best with virtually every one of you, It will happen best when it happens in some kind of small group context. Now that's going to take place for all of us in different ways. For some of us, it's just a typical small group Bibles kind of study thing where we meet with people on a regular weeknight and we share with them fellowship. For some of us, it means that we're part of the praise team. For some of us, it means that we go to different meetings that have a certain task. For some of us, it means we have a certain ministry and we have individuals in our church with whom we participate in that ministry. And so you're serving in some particular way and you've got people serving with you. Maybe you're even the leader of that particular ministry and that means for you that you have some kind of small group experience even if you don't meet on a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock and study the Bible. But for all of us who are growing in Jesus, it is virtually always the case that you'll be part of some kind of small group if discipleship is taking place in your life. That's just a, it, it's just one of those things that is true of the Christian faith. Let me show you a scripture. Acts 2.42, verses 42 uh, through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Obviously, I've got that highlighted because that was one of the things to which the church was devoting itself. The fellowship, the relationships that they had with the other believers. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now that's significant. The fact that they were devoting themselves, it says... Not just minorly committed, but devoting themselves to the fellowship. And then they were going into their homes and sharing meals together. And I think they were praying there and devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching in those places as well. In fact, this is interesting. The Bible says just before this that there were 3,000 people who had just been baptized. And the Christians were clearly not meeting together in one home at a time. They had to have been meeting in smaller groups, devoting themselves to the fellowship, 
in some kind of group setting, small group setting, because most of their houses couldn't accommodate 3,000 people any more than most of our houses couldn't accommodate 3,000 people. And so in the city of Jerusalem, when 3,000 people were baptized, they were meeting every day uh, together in the temple courts, and they did that in the beginning of the church, but very quickly, they had to have been meeting in small groups, in homes, that's exactly what they were doing, in order to have the fellowship that they have. Well, we're the people who say that we do things according to Scripture. We want to do things in Bible ways. And in fact, we say that we like to do things the way the New Testament church did them. And so if the New Testament church was involved in this kind of small group fellowship, because they had so many people that they couldn't possibly meet together in one place and had to divide it up into homes to to enjoy that kind of, of small group fellowship, it makes sense to me that this is something that we would accentuate within our own church family. The meaning of the church in smaller units was clearly part of the life of the early church, and I think it was a source of their rapid expansion. I think that the relationships that they were developing with people in their communities and then inviting people to join them within those smaller groups of fellowship caused the church to be very successful in its endeavor to reach the world for Jesus Christ. So it makes sense to me that we would participate in something like that. In fact... It's easy to imagine that devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to eating together, including the Lord's Supper, and to pray, happened in the house groups they had formed. I think that's exactly right, and there is a meaning to that. This means, then, that discipleship was happening for them through their series of home groups. Now, we just said that we're a church who is focusing on discipleship and helping people to grow. And so the idea is that we want to see everybody had that seed planted within their lives and then move from there to believe and to be baptized just the way that Rynell and Terry did this morning and from there to relate and be part of a church family and then from there to continue in the growth process. We want to see everyone start somewhere where maybe they don't know Jesus at all or maybe they do. But start wherever they are and from that place begin to grow in Christ. And we really think that to be involved in a home group is crucial in almost every case for people's growth in Jesus. And so we're encouraging that. We think discipleship is going to happen best in home groups, small groups. This is not surprising. Studies of churches that flourish have proven again and again that having a small group ministry is one of the crucial factors in church success. In fact, there's a part of me that wants to say it is the crucial factor. Several years ago, a guy named Carl George did a study of the, I I think it was like the 50 largest churches in the world. He looked at like the 50 largest churches in the world, maybe it was the 70 largest, I don't remember the exact number, and just asked the question, what do the 50 or the 70 largest churches in the world all have in common? The one thing that was common to all of those churches was their small group program. That was the one thing. They, They didn't have the same doctrine, They didn't have the same preacher for sure. Some had Bible schools, some didn't. They read different translations. But every one of those churches had some kind of well-developed small group program. And Carl George was concluding that that was the reason why they continued to do so well, to grow so rapidly, and why they got as big as they did, why they were able to reach so many people because of their small group program. Further, studies of successful discipleship models point to the involvement of new Christians in a small group as the major key to their continued growth in the Lord. That's interesting. 
What that's saying is, is that churches can help people become Christians. They can have that seed planted. They can have those people believe and be baptized. They can have those people start relating to the church and become members of a fellowship. But the way that people will grow, the thing that will cause them to stay in the faith, the thing that will cause them to mature in the faith is the small group of which they become part in whatever form that takes. In some cases, it's going to be their nuclear family. Uh, you know, My wife grew up in a, a church family, but she also grew up in a family that was Christian. And she had brothers and sisters that were all Christian. Her aunts and uncles were all Christian. And everybody around her were Christians. So in one sense, that was the fellowship of which she was part. Some of us don't have that blessing of being in a family like that. And so what's going to be our family? For me, it was the youth group when I was 16 years old or 15 years old that became for me my Christian group of fellowship. And for some of you, it's the same way. And so you become a Christian and being part of a small group is absolutely crucial to your staying in the faith and becoming the growing disciple that God wants you to be. It would be easy to prove this. We won't do this this morning, but if I just ask you, because you're all faithful and you've remained in the church did you have some kind of small group of which you were part some kind of group of people that you said this is these are my special friends in the lord and i spend time with them studying and praying virtually every one of you would have said yes if i would have asked you that question because to have that kind of group is absolutely crucial for us to have now as an illustration of this i want pollyanna schiavo if she would to come on up here pollyanna cleve could you turn this one back on too Please. I was talking to this young lady uh, sometime in the last couple of weeks. She actually emailed me and was sharing me with me a little bit about her life and, and uh, was talking about how things were for her in Brazil after she became a Christian. And she was describing for me her kind of life there and situation. And I'd like for you to tell these people what it was that you said to me specifically about the group that you became part of. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, I was baptized four years ago and in the Church of Christ in Brazil. In a small city like Calgary, it's the only Church of Christ there. And um, as soon as I, I was, uh, before I was baptized, I, I think I was, uh, I was baptized two months after I really found out about the church, I, I went to the church because they have the they had the let's start talking. Uh, missionaries from United States w- were uh, teaching English by the book the book of Luke. So I I just heard about it and was like I I'm very interested in learning English and why not to, to it's free English classes and. I went there and I started uh, meeting other young people and they, uh, the person who was teaching me English by the, the book of Luke, Luke uh, she invited me to go to the Sunday uh, worship and I started going and they invited me to the Bible studies in the houses uh, of uh, the members and it happened to be that two Bible studies during the week, they were kind of near my house so they would uh, pick me up and drop me off twice a week so I was going two days a week I was studying the Bible and I was going to the Sunday worships 
since the since like the the I think second third week I was going to church for the set, for the first time. And, and all of a sudden you're going three or four times a week, right? Like within just a short period you started going a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking yeah. this stuff in. Way to go. Go ahead. So uh, one of the things that I uh, I noticed in the Church of Christ there because uh, all my family was Catholic, but people really brought their Bibles to church and they would open the Bible and read the Bible and study the Bible. I was so impressed. It's like, wow, I've never seen that. You know, everyone would have their own Bible, you know. Ooh, and That's a great line. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't see that in the Catholic Church. And one of the Bible studies they said that Jesus was coming back. And I didn't know Jesus was coming back. And I was like, really? He's coming back? <laughs> and so I started uh, learning the Bible, and I just fell in love with it because it was the first time I was uh, learning about it. And uh, I really... Uh, and after that, I realized that... Uh, one of the things that, that that church really taught was for people to get involved. Uh, the church was uh, small, about uh, 40, 30, 40 members at the time I, I got there, but now it's over 50. Um, and uh, lots, we have lots of young people there. About, like, if it was 30, 30 35 members, like almost 20 was teenagers and young adults. So uh, we had a big, nice group there, and uh, we we would have uh, on Thursdays the Bible studies for everyone. Uh, this was in church. Saturdays we would have our meetings. Uh, the young adults and uh, youth, everyone together, and we really would get along. We would study the Bible. After that, we would or go out and go eat somewhere or. You know, just play cards at church and have fun, everyone together. Um, and on Sundays, we would have the Bible study before the the, the worship. And uh, something that uh, all the time they were really uh, making this point of us to get involved. And uh, it's just, it was... I, I saw so many people like coming to church and growing so much. You know, I was uh, uh, before I was new, but then I got so much involved, and I saw other people, new people coming and getting as involved as me, and started like uh, preaching and uh, all young people. And today uh, we have I, I talk to them all the time on MSN and. Uh, they have uh, some are uh, writing uh, Christian books. Uh, some of the young adults, some are uh, preaching. Some are uh, my sister. She is in the children minister. She is she's involved in a young uh, a small group of uh, ladies. They made they made that now. Uh, we didn't have when I was there, but she is leading, and she's like 20 years old, and she was baptized after me. I, I was baptized. I came to Canada, and when I, and she she wouldn't go to church. But it, it's funny because when I went to Brazil, back to Brazil, I I I went there 
thinking, I'm going to go there and I'm going to uh, make all, like, you know, all my, my, the forces that I have, I'm going to do everything to make my sister go to church and get to know Christ. <laughs> and she, she ended up going with me and she, she, she ended up getting baptized. And today she's so involved and she, it's, it's the opposite, you know. I feel weak here. I feel like more far away from God and I, she's so involved there in church and she all the time she says Pollyanna don't don't look on Facebook so much go read the Bible and things like that <laughs> <laughs> and you know things like that and when I think about it it's like wow you know it was the opposite I was trying to get her to not you know go to parties and you know and, and now she's doing what Jesus wants her to do yeah and uh, well, let, let me stop for a sec let me point out something here. I think this, and this is exactly what we've been talking about. For weeks, we've been talking about taking Christ into our circles of influence and doing that in our various contexts. And this morning, what we're saying is that the gospel needs to go into our circles of influence and that inviting people to our small group of fellowship is absolutely crucial in enrolling them in, in Christianity and help them to see who Jesus is. And it, when she's talking about how very quickly she was involved with this group that was all of a sudden they're meeting on Wednesdays or whatever it was, and Thursdays and Saturdays you get together for your fellowship and all of that. Like that's exactly what Christ has intended for the church, that we would go into our circles of influence and enroll people in what we're doing in our lives and that the gospel is going to be propagated. And now your sister is already involved in that, and she's 20 years old and leading a group and is far advancing beyond her sister in her faith, they, Paul would say, or something like that. Isn't that, it's, it, it's wonderful that that's happening in your life for that you know for that to take place. So thank you very much for sharing that. I appreciate it very much. Now she she said to me, you know, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can stand up in front of people and talk. Yeah, I think you can. Isn't it the case that God wants good things to happen in the church through? close fellowship. He wants that for us. He knows the power in that. The early church did that and it was effective. And the more we give ourselves to that kind of effort, good things are going to happen. So as we're taking the gospel into our circles of influence, we've been talking about how there's a, this is the basic plan for Christ to reach the world. There is no other. We've been talking about authenticity and how crucial that is that we take that with us. We've been talking about compassion, sacrificial service, Knowledge of the basic gospel truth. We've been talking about how knowing how to help someone uh, respond to Christ. It's not a hard thing. I've given you over the last couple of uh, weeks outlines that talk about the, the detailed things that we need to know even in, in sharing uh, Christ with, Jesus, with others, and it's just not that difficult to do. Taking the gospel into our circles of influence must include this. Helping those who don't know Christ as Savior to become involved in a small group. In our case, in one of our life groups, this is a key to our success in reaching the world for Christ and a key to their growth in Him. I'm absolutely convinced of this, folks. I'm not saying that it's absolutely the only way, but I am convinced that this works. This is something that the church needs to be about. And what others have said again and again through all kinds of studies and experience is that when it comes to a church having an impact on its community for Jesus, that getting people enrolled in small groups is the most effective thing that we can do 
to propagate the gospel. That's just a fact. And so we we need to see ourselves involved in this way. So I don't, I don't know where you're at. I in some cases, I realize some people say, you know, small groups are absolutely not my thing. And I get that. We're talking about the normal course of life for most people when it comes to being discipled in Jesus and helping others to become discipled in Jesus. This is the key. It's the key. And that means that our church has to be taking that seriously. And I, I want to encourage you to ask yourself where you're at with respect to this because Jesus gave you the Great Commission as much as he did me. He wants you to go into all the world as much as he does me. He wants your friends of Je- to, to become disciples of Jesus as much as he does mine. And if this is the most effective means whereby we can do that, we need to, to take that seriously. And you know, my impression is that when we do this and do this well, we're going to have more than just Pollyanna standing up and saying, hey, this is great stuff. I didn't know Jesus was going to come again, and now I do. And that's a very good thing. So am I saying that I really want you to take this seriously and to be devoted to the whole notion of being part of a small group? You bet I am. I really am. I think this is serious. And, and just absolutely crucial for our church family. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you very much for the study we've done on taking the gospel into our circles of influence. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to see the various things that go into that. And, and, and Father, more than anything, I just pray you'd bless us with the desire, the motivation, the opportunities to do this. Father, there are lost people all around us, and we have a chance to invite them to us, to our small groups. We have a chance to invite them to come and, and be with us here on a Sunday morning. We have a chance also to sit down just one-on-one and talk to them about you. Help us, God, to take these opportunities seriously, to seize them, to do something with them. Father, I'm so grateful for Rynell and Terry and their baptisms into Christ this morning. I'm grateful for Pollyanna and her testimony Father, I'm grateful for the way in which you've worked in so many of us. We pray that our church would continue to flourish. Help us to have a mindset that looks ahead toward the ways in which you will bless us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.